This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld and also the proprietor of the Kirkville blog. We'll hear from Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books and Dr. Timothy Summers, an ethical hacker. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Ah! And I'm anxious, Kirk, to find out what is an ethical hacker, and I assume he's somebody who does his hacking for legitimate purposes. I think it's, it means that he's a free-range hacker, doesn't it? I guess we'll ask him. <laughs> free-range sounds like something that you buy and you broil. You exactly. know, free-range beef that's or something. The whole, the whole ethical farming and animal raising and stuff, that's my first thought. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Do you buy free-range beef in the UK? We actually have what's technically called a farm shop a few miles from us. It's it's kind of a mini supermarket because it's pretty big. It's not just some farmer selling his produce. And what they do is they sell a lot of local produce and they sell meat that comes from local farmers as well. It's all free range. It's all probably, it's probably not organic, but it's all very good quality stuff. We're actually very fortunate. It's kind of a high-end farm shop. It's not like a Whole Foods or anything like that, um, but they have lots of good stuff and they always label what's local and where it comes from. Well, therefore... It's ethical food. It certainly is. Of course, now we're hearing from the authorities in the U.S. some of our beliefs about the so-called value of certain types of foods has changed and that whole milk might be better than fat-free milk. I don't want to get into that because... The whole butter versus margarine thing. So is butter better than margarine? Because I get one of, these, one of these butter substitutes that's supposed to taste almost like the real thing. You know, yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. Healthy. And now they're saying butter is healthier. I, I've actually been following this because I find the whole thing interesting. It seems like scientists just sort of said, well, maybe fat's not good for you. But they really didn't have any empirical evidence. And if you remember in the 70s when they came up with that food pyramid, they put the, the carbs at the top or the bottom, whichever way it was. And they told us to stop eating fat and to eat more carbs. And, well, the result is like rampant obesity. And it's not just you know, it's sugar as well as carbs. I have read a number of things recently that suggest that a diet higher in fat is much healthier over the long term. You don't gain as much weight as you do when you eat more carbs. What I think actually is interesting in, in the relation to a, a tech show that we're on is that a lot of these decisions were made without technology, without sufficient studies, um, and in many cases with a great deal of industry lobbying to keep the government from sort of devaluing a certain type of food, like potato farmers. If the potato is, if they said that you shouldn't eat too many carbs, then people would buy fewer potatoes. So now we're sort of paying the price. And the, the recent studies that have been publicized said that butter is seemingly healthier than margarine 
or, you know, certain other types of half and half replacement type things. Well, you know what? Instead of milk, I have my breakfast cereal with soy milk. So am I screwing up big time doing that? I don't think that soy milk is bad for you. Um, I think it's a question of, of certain fats. So butter and margarine is, is certainly an issue. I like whole milk. It tastes better. While I'm overweight now and trying to lose weight, it's not because of food I eat. It's because of some medication I took some years ago. Um, and I put on a lot of weight. And it's really hard to get rid of that weight. But drinking whole milk and eating butter doesn't make me gain any more weight. Well, my weight has stayed between about 185 to 187. I'm six foot one and a half. Used to be six foot two, but I'm older now. You didn't say anything. I know a silence when I said that, but he's agreeing with me. That's the point. Well, yeah, you've shrunk, but that's normal. Exactly. And keeping my weight at that level, I think works just fine. You know, I've managed, I'd rather take a couple of inches off the stomach and I'm doing enhanced exercises. But as you get older, of course, you kind of collapse there a little bit. So there you go. I weigh roughly the same that I weighed when I was 18. Actually, five pounds less. But I'm not boasting. So we'll definitely wish you the best of luck with your diet. In any case, it's interesting, though, that for all these years, we believe certain things about food. And then we find out, well, it's not quite true. And that's unfortunate, especially because the obesity problem, especially in the United States, is just awful. It is. It is. You, you, you know, I've always felt um, my mother was in South Carolina. Um, my parents moved there when I was about 20. Um, we grew up in New York, as I think we've mentioned on the show in the past. Um, and what I noticed down there is that you have a lot of obese people. I haven't been back in some years, but these people are always walking around with these big, big, big cups of soda in their hands. Now, I understand it's hot. and You want to keep drinking, but they're just constantly pumping sugar into their bodies. So it doesn't seem that it's necessarily even a question of overeating in general. But if you're eating, if you're drinking that much soda, it simply can't be good. Well, I don't drink soda that much, very little. I I drink maybe one can of soda a year. Um, I'll actually drink a, a can of Pepsi if I've got an upset stomach. Because for whatever reason, there's something in Pepsi and probably Coke, too, that calms upset stomachs. And the last time I did this, I had to take some antibiotics and I had a a bottle of Pepsi one day. Um, But I'm just I'm a water and a tea drinker. Um, I haven't had sodas regularly or fruit juice regularly um, in decades. And in fact, for, for a long time. People were saying that fruit juice was healthier. But now, of course, it's coming out that it's not because all it is is just sugar water. Even if it's natural sugar, it's still sugar. Isn't this crazy? All the things we're learning about food are wrong. Well, it, there are I drink water. I figure what... There are lots of assumptions that were made without doing studies. And now that they've had times, in some cases, like decades worth of studies, um, they're starting to learn more. There's a big study, if I'm not mistaken, it's a study of like 100,000 nurses or something that's been going on for decades. And this has turned up all sorts of information about... Um, heart disease and food and and things like that. So it's a question of time. Um, I I recall reading, you know, we we guys with the prostate, we have to worry about that. And I recall reading something, might have been in New York or some years ago, talking about how the prostate test was designed originally. So they test what's called the PSA, the prostate-specific antigen. And they had no studies to know what the good number was, so they just picked one at random. 
And the company marketing the test picked a number that was low enough that would cause repeat testing. And it took a very, very long time to have the data to prove that this number isn't really as important as the company selling the test wants people to think. What's well, very interesting here about how tests can be manipulated for a special result. And that kind of goes back to our discussion last week when we were talking about Volkswagen and their faked emissions tests. And since then, a couple of things have happened. I did a little bit of research and I found out that Volkswagen had an emissions problem back in the 1970s for which they paid a fine. But it's not just Volkswagen. Several other automakers have pulled this kind of stunt over the years. VW may be the latest. VW may be the most blatant, but they all do it. I think most of them do it. There was a story briefly that BMW might have a problem. So I'm kind of thinking here that we've bought millions and millions of cars over the years with the promise of enhanced pollution controls. And if they can fake it, they will. Yeah. And, and not only that, it's they're telling you that you're getting certain gas mileage. So apparently what happens is when this on, on the Volkswagen, what I understand is that when the pollution, the, the device is turned on to block the pollution, it lowers your gas mileage. So the way your car runs now is about the gas mileage that's advertised. But if your car needs to be fixed, you may end up getting much worse gas mileage. The car will cost you more to drive, and it will certainly lose its resale value. Let me tell you a few things about that in our next segment. We've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America, from where you shop to the doctors you visit and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is, I was right then, too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingwealth.com. Again, that's disappearingwealth.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now, it's interesting here. When you read the reviews from individuals and magazines for the VW diesel engines, these are the affected ones in the USA and around the world, they tend to get better highway mileage than the EPA measures. And I'm thinking here, you know what? If the fix that they have to do, and it's going to be a combination of software on some models and replacing catalytic converters and and other things and other models... If that fix were to lower the top-end gas mileage somewhat so it just matches the EPA, who cares? That's pretty good. I think also most people would rather accept a slight trade-off in mileage because when you're getting to 40 or 45 miles a gallon, the costs are a lot less in terms of the difference than, say, from 15 to 30 miles a gallon. So they'd rather take a little bit lower mileage without losing much performance. What do you think? Well, it depends on how much of a difference there is. Um, if it's just a couple miles per gallon, then yeah, it's not a big deal. But if it's really going to hit your, um, your, your mileage a great deal, then no, I don't think you'd want that at all. I, I don't know. Um, you know, we discussed last time about the fact that I own a SEAT, which is one of the companies that Volkswagen owns. And I actually checked the VIN number yesterday. The, they've put the website up and I'm okay. I don't have to worry. So we do have a diesel in the SEAT. But all, all this sort of 
lying about testing. As you say, it's not new in the auto industry, but it's not new in any industry. Any industry that can get away with it probably tries to do it. That's a good segue to a topic that we were planning to talk about, the reports that um, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus come with two different CPUs, one made by Samsung and one made by, I think, a Taiwanese company, TMSC. Initial reports suggested a very large difference in battery life. It's TSMC. TSMC. TSMC makes part of it. I heard estimates of a 40-60 split or a 50-50 split. Doesn't matter. The point being that at any particular point in time, that means that you stand a one in two chance of getting one or the other, although they're being shipped in lots. So that may be that one day you get the Samsung, the next day you get the others. Yeah. You know, you can imagine that they get um, 100,000 chips from one and they build all the devices with them and then they get 100,000 chips from another. So, yeah, there's no way you can really be sure what you're getting. I actually have the good one, but Apple has come out and said that the initial tests that were done with an app called Geekbench that really puts a lot of stress on the processor. Um, These are the ones that suggested there could be up to a two-hour battery life difference per day um, but Apple's come out and said that they're seeing no more than a 2 to 3% difference. So if we're assuming that, I don't know, with my iPhone 6S, it's got plenty of charge at the end of the day. So I'm going to say on average use, it's getting 16 hours. So what's 3% of 16 hours? It's, what, two minutes an hour? It's maybe a half hour difference. All right, that could be significant. Now, these tests that you've seen published in some of the magazines claim up to a two hours difference and that would be significant a half hour you know i'm probably wouldn't care especially with ios 9 because you get to 20 percent, you get this warning you can go into low power mode you're not losing all that much and it's not so big a deal A, a two hour difference would be grounds for a recall a half hour difference is not a big deal as long as it meets what apple has claimed I'm not sure exactly what the precise wording is. Uh, I think they just say all-day battery life, or uh, I think they actually give some more information. I'm checking live right now on Apple's website as we, as we speak. The, the thing is, no one uses the device the way Apple measures the battery life. They give a number of different types of battery life, up to 14 hours 3G talk time, up to 10 hours uh, 3G internet, 10 hours LTE, 11 hours Wi-Fi, up to 11 hours HD video, up to 50 hours of audio playback. Those are really vague numbers. Uh, and this is the 6S, not the 6S Plus, which they give up to 14 hours in HD video, for instance. These are vague numbers up to, you never get what they say. You always get 90% of it. And they measure this with like the brightness at a certain level. So they, they give a, a footnote, it depends on network configuration and many other factors. Actual results will, will vary. You can't know exactly how to measure it in the same way that Apple measures it. And it's not important. I think what's important is that you get through the day without needing a charge, unless you're doing something that's battery intensive. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm driving and using Google Maps, the battery goes down very quickly. With my 5S, I was having to charge it in the afternoon you know, when I'm at my desk, I'd plug it in, leave it charging for an hour. With the 6S, I don't have to. I go to bed, there's a 30%, 40% charge left. Well, these days I tend to, um, I don't have a 6S, I have a 6. Usually I charge it once a day. 
It used to be with the previous phone, I had to charge it twice a day. I would not under any circumstances consider the phablet, the larger one. I can't imagine getting that in my pocket. This is difficult to get in my pocket. Yeah. yeah but you I see, agree. I like the idea of the larger screen. If I was a clown or played one on TV or something and I had pants with huge pockets, I'd probably go for the larger iPhone. Otherwise, no. You know, I'm, I was used to the three and a half inch screens for years. Yeah, I, I found that a bit small. I, I really do like the 5S size, the, the four inch screen. But I know, no, I know a number of people who have the 6S Plus or the 6 Plus, and they really like it. The thing is, people don't make that many phone calls. So they're using it because they need mobile data and they want a bigger display. But again, it's, it's the pocket issue. If you don't have big pockets or if you don't carry a knapsack or a purse if you're a woman, um, then, yeah, it's pretty hard to... It's not something that you carry easily. I, I find that the success... My, my problem is just using it one-handed. Um, it fits in my pockets, but I just... I, I'm more comfortable... It's not easy to use one-handed. Um, I, I don't mind the size. I don't have any pockets that are tight enough that it doesn't fit. Um, I do mind the weight, though. It is kind of heavy. It weighs down my pockets. Um, I think it's about 40 grams heavier than my 5S, and this is each has a, having a case on it. It's about an ounce and a half. Um, the 6S, it feels denser. It just feels heavier, and, and it feels as if there's more weight even for this, how can I describe it? it? It feels that if it was the size of the 5S, it would still be heavier. And I think the glass is thicker, um, and that probably explains the difference. It's also made of stronger aluminum, but we don't know. Well, the aluminum is not very heavy. That's only a few grams. I think the glass and the battery are the heaviest components. Right. And also remember the hardware for the 3D touch. I also want to tell you, listeners, that we have a lifetime subscription plan in effect now for Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. We're going to continue to offer the ad-free version of the show with the Tech Night Owl Plus. The Tech Night Owl Minute is just about ready. I think within a day or two, we'll get the first edition out there. And it's going to be quick news, updates, commentaries, whatever is on my mind to find out more and learn about our lifetime membership Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot We have one of my close friends, Kirk McElhern, joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org.
Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story. It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves with the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed, and just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month. Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. GCN. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, but we're not talking about iTunes. We were talking about the fact that Kirk is using his iPhone 6S and he's got good battery life and about the possible differences depending on the chip makers. But it's interesting here to note. So Samsung is selling roughly half or 60% of the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus chips to Apple. Samsung reported higher profits, much higher profits, mostly as a result of sales of their chips. 
And guess who one of their biggest customers, probably their biggest customer is, other than themselves, of course, is Apple. So with all the legal nonsense going on between Apple and Samsung, Samsung really has to thank Apple for how well they're doing. Isn't that weird? I I find that very surprising that, as you say, with all the legal nonsense and all the the patent lawsuits and everything that Apple still wants to work with Samsung for things like that. And it, it just shows how Apple is very, very dependent on the rest of the industry. Now, I mean, you could look at this in two ways. You could look at it in black and white and say, well, this company is trying to rip us off, so we're not going to do anything with them. And I think that's a logical way to look at it. But you could also say, well, this is one part of the company and the manufacturing is another part of the company and we need to be realistic and deal with them which is obviously what Apple's done. But let's say Samsung decided we're not going to make anything for Apple anymore. Would Apple be able to source these chips? Would, would they be able to source all of the components that Samsung makes for them from other companies? Well, obviously they can't. I think they would have loved to be able to go to TSMC and get all the chips from them. They'd love to be able to do that. Well, we don't know that. We don't know if this company would have the capacity. And well, that's the, company- the point. You see, that's the point right there. I'm sure they'd love not to have to go to Samsung. So if TSMC could produce the entire capacity, fine. But really, it's wrong to depend on one supplier, especially when you're building so many millions of copies of this thing, because if that manufacturer has a problem at a plant. Right now, they, yeah. could, they could switch suppliers I don't know what kind of time frame is involved, but they could call up Samsung and say, give me another 10 million. And Samsung will prepare for another 10 million. Or Samsung can't, they'll call the TSMC contact and say, give me 10 million. I'm, obviously, it's not Tim Cook sending a note on his iPad saying 10 million more. Or maybe it is, I don't know. Yeah, someone just sends a text message. Say, you know, give us another 10 million kind of thing. It looks like TSMC is also known as Taiwan Semiconductor, is the largest company making semiconductors and they had the world's first dedicated semiconductor foundry and has long been the leading company in the space this is wikipedia so you know half of what's written here is pr stuff but they do seem to be one of the biggest companies and they make company they make chips for qualcomm nvidia advanced micro devices marvell broadcom among others well there you go and they've been making They've been making chips for Apple since 2001, where they were making the A5, A6 chips for the iPad and iPhone. Now, I don't know. It doesn't say here how many, um, uh, what percentage they were making. But here's something very interesting. The company's market capitalization is $63 billion. It's pretty large. Um, It is 70 in the FT Global 500 list of the most highly valued companies um, in 2013 va- valued at $86 billion. Um, market cap reached $110 billion in May 2014. So it's a tremendous company and clearly does have capacity. Well, I understand now that Apple and Samsung are going to try to talk and resolve this lawsuit because it's become absurd. Right now, basically, in terms of high-end smartphones, Apple is killing Samsung. Doesn't matter what features they copy, they're killing them. When it comes to critical parts for their gear, Samsung is a major supplier. So it's to everybody's advantage to just shake hands. I mean, right now, Apple and Microsoft are getting along pretty well. Of course, you know, Microsoft came out with these new 
notebooks to compete, I guess, with the MacBook Pro and these new Lumia phones that three or four people might buy. But still, Apple and Microsoft appear to be appropriately cooperative. Isn't that a smarter way to do this than to deal with lawsuits? Sure. And and some months ago, Apple and IBM announced an initiative to create software for the enterprise market. So, yeah, there's these things wax and wane. You know, what was it in Brave New World? We've always been um, at war with Oceania. We're never at war with Oceania. So your your enemies one year or your friends 10 years later, or at least your partners 10 years later. It's, it's not surprising. Things change. You, you know, we, we, we're old enough to remember the way it was back in the 80s and the 90s and all that, um, when beleaguered and Apple were very common words in the same sentence. Um, and obviously, all these things are changing. As far as the Samsung thing, you know, companies this size, when they have um, the kind of lawsuits that they have, they realize that it's the lawyers who are making the money and no one else. And these are lawsuits that are guaranteed to go on for years. So it's in everyone's interest to just get it out of the way. And, and you know, one of them may choose to settle. Samsung may say, we'll give you X million dollars to drop the suit. And Apple may just say yes. Or Apple may say, look, give us this and we'll call it off. And they may come to an agreement like that. Well, give us 1% off on the next batch of chips. Yeah, I don't know if... So that's interesting. I, I'm not sure. If I'm just company, stabbing at the dark here. I'm not saying anything yeah, real. I understand, but, folks. I'm not saying you could do that because it's a separate division of Samsung. Exactly. So the legalities are impossible. Right. But exactly you, you right. get the point. There's always something yeah. you can do. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing in the industry. I think Samsung understands now. They're chastened. They know what's going on. They know Apple is a good customer to deal with. They can sell them all sorts of parts. They can sell them LCD displays. They can sell them chips. They can sell them memory. There's a lot of good stuff they can sell Apple, make plenty of money, that the smartphone business is not the cash machine for them as it used to be. The only company for whom smartphones is a cash machine is Apple. So be realistic. Yep. And there we go. Isn't that fascinating? Now, I wanted to mention something here just very briefly. And I was talking about before the problems with Volkswagen, you and I. I got an email from somebody who was saying that it's really just the liberal EPA scheme. Oh, great. It's a conspiracy theory to go against Volkswagen. And I thought to myself, okay, in the U.S., it's what, 490,000 cars. It's but hardly anything in the U.S. It's, it's hardly million. anything because VW doesn't have the presence in the U.S. And they actually have really good cars. Because I test drove one the other day and I thought it was really good. They sell most of their cars outside the U.S. 11 million diesel-equipped vehicles are involved. Yes. Okay? So if it was an EPA plot, what about every other part of the country, uh, every other part of the world where they are selling you know, tens of millions of these cars and 11 million are impacted. What about getting rid of the CEO? What about firing key executives? The CEO's already gone. That's what I'm saying. The point is, why would you do that if you're just responding to the EPA? It's a lot more important than that. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing... All due respect, Gene, you've got another show that deals with conspiracy theories, so don't be surprised 
when someone emails you saying that anything is a conspiracy theory. Thank you. You're yes, welcome. anything could be a conspiracy theory. And I asked this guy to prove it, and he sends me these wacko blogs yeah. trying to point out that EPA did something five years ago with some kind of incident, and therefore they went after Volkswagen, which is preposterous, because why would Volkswagen pay tens of billions of dollars, which is what it might be, to fix this? Yeah. I'll tell you more about that in a moment, and then we'll get on to a couple of other things in our next segment. We'll also be hearing from Adam Inkst very shortly. But right now, it's Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Polaski of the Polaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken LeVan, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, back to the VW conspiracy theories and everything. True to form, just for the heck of it, I decided because I haven't owned a VW in many years. I owned a 2004 Passat which was a great car, Passat V6, which was basically an Audi A4 with a VW badge on and a few exterior changes. It was a lovely car. And then I had a 2008 VW Jetta, Wolfsburg edition, okay? So I've had VWs, and I've liked them. So after all this, I was thinking, let me just take a test drive in one. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm not in the mood to get a car right now, but... I went to a VW dealer, the nearest one to me, and the place was barren. There was nobody in there. You know, you had the sales manager, you had the finance guy, you had a couple of salespeople, you had a receptionist. I mean, there was activity in the service department, but no activity. And I talked to the salesman for a few minutes. I said, when was the last time you saw a customer in here? And he said, maybe a day or two ago. You know, it's really been bad. And I feel bad for them because forgetting the diesels, the regular VW cars are really good. I took a test drive in one, and it's a well-built car, rides and handles well. The car produces a lot more power than you expect, because moving from the Kia to a VW Passat, which is the equivalent vehicle, the engine had like 20 less horsepower on it, advertised horsepower. The Passat accelerated faster than the Kia. So does that mean that the horsepower ratings are faked? They both weigh Was about it- the same. Was it a Volkswagen diesel you tried? or a- They won't even show you a VW diesel. Oh, okay. They pulled them off the market. No, this, you know, was, a, this was the 1.8 turbo engine, 170 horsepower. It's not just the horsepower that counts. I think it, it's the horsepower curve. It's the torque. It's the weight of the vehicle. It's the gearing. There's a lot involved. Right. But I researched it, and the 0 to 60 for the VW Passat is like 
one half to one and a half seconds faster, depending on the test, than the Kia Optima. And it gets slightly better gas economy. Yeah. And it was pretty good. You know, it, it's supposed to give you zero to 60 in like seven, seven and a half seconds or something. That's pretty good for a 3,300 pound midsize car. Yeah. But the you 30, have a Kia. I have a Kia. I, you never told me that because I have a Kia too. Right. We, we have two cars. As I said, we have a Seat, which is a Volkswagen company, and a small Kia Picanto, which is the tiny little, it's a little four-door. So let me ask you a question here. How are the Seats in the Seat? <laughs> yeah, they, you know, the, the Seat is pretty much like a Volkswagen. The body, the trim's different. The interior is a little bit less expensive. Um, it's like the one we have... Um, if I look up Volkswagens, um, it's it looks an awful lot like uh, the sporty Volkswagen model. So, which ones did you try? Okay, the ones I tried, I tried a Jetta, a Jetta okay. with the convenience package. It has a sunroof, but I don't need a sunroof. I don't know I don't why know I've bought cars for sunroofs because I never use a sunroof. And I drove a Passat Limited, which doesn't have a sunroof. It's a Passat Limited, and it has the 1.8 turbo engine. And it really has pickup, a fast pickup. I thought it was in a V6. Yeah. And, in fact, the specs are faster in terms of acceleration than the V6 Passat I had 11 years ago. It's huge. It's a humongous car because they build it for the American market. It's got huge seats. The back seat is like a limousine. The trunk is cavernous. And the radio is really good, better than the Kias. It's eight speakers instead of seven. And it's also like $4,000 cheaper if I could afford it. Of course, in my situation right now, it doesn't matter. But the point being here is I thought it was a really good car, and I thought that VW deserves to be successful, even though we have all these issues with it. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the VW. The Seat we have is, a, is the Ibiza. Um, it's really hard for me to figure out which one it's similar to. It's probably similar to the Jetta. Um, it's not it's it's not a very expensive car, um, but it's a sort of a sporty shaped car. It's sort of low and um, kind of you know streamlined type car. Um, it, it's a fine car. It's you know actually it looks a little bit like a Golf now that I think of it. It's pretty close to that. Um, it's a fine car. Um, we've been my partners mother isn't well and she's about a two and a half three hour drive so my partner's been driving there and back so we put a lot of mileage on it since we've had it about two years and it, it's running fine um i mean i'm just I, all i care about for a car is that it works um I, I don't care how many speakers are in it i don't care which package you get i don't care about the horsepower i mean i want something that you know you can get onto the the highway quickly enough right but that's about all i care about so the thing I wonder about here is what is there about emission regulations and the way governments have organized this in Europe? And they have pretty tough emissions regulations in Europe and in America that companies are forced to cheat to meet no, those. No, no, things. no, no. They're not. They're not forced to cheat. And that's not what it was. Well, they feel they're forced to. No, cheat. Even no, no, no. They're not. The reason Volkswagen did this from from what I've read is 
not because that they had to meet the requirements, but they wanted to be able to advertise that theirs was the cleanest diesel car available in the U.S. That now, was the I read reason. something slightly different, which is that they had difficulty meeting the standards, which is why they took the shortcut and they no, cheated. But I agree I with you. That's the second part, which is in America, but not necessarily in Europe. In America, they advertise the VW diesels being uber clean. And I guess they were under test. And I guess they could be sued now for false advertising. Exactly. Yeah. So w- what I understand is that it was about marketing. And in that case, if you bought one of these cars based on the fact that it's supposed to be clean, you can certainly go back and claim your money back. They were marketing this as a clean diesel vehicle. And this was in part because it they were claiming that it wasn't spitting out these little microparticles or whatever they're called. Um, and, and I really think it's the marketing more than anything. So w- that's what that's probably what exposes them to far more lawsuits than anything else. They lied about what they were selling you. And over here, you can go back to them and ask for a refund in like within like six years or something. It's not even, you've got a very long time without even worrying about a class action lawsuit. Now here in the um, US, I think I mentioned this before, that the fixes will involve one software, some they can get away with the software and fix it. They claim that fuel economy will probably not be impacted much, but performance might be somewhat. And with a diesel, you're already suffering from somewhat lower performance, so that might be an issue. I don't know. Well, I what think they've co- said on the news over here is that some pe- for some people, it'll just be a software update. But for others, they'll have to change the catalytic converter. And I forget what the, the special filter that's used on diesels is called. There's one there where you have to pour this special liquid yeah, into the system. Some- now, the point is also here, we're talking about... A catalytic converter is maybe what, a few hours to replace. Installing that additional hardware is going to be difficult. And I kind of expect that what they'll end up doing is buying back some of those vehicles from people who will yeah. not want to exactly. make the fixes. Now, here's another complication here in the U.S., and that is that in some states like California, if the vehicle doesn't pass emissions tests, and they're going to be pretty tough tests because they're not going to allow for fakery, they won't let you register the vehicle. That's right. But in Florida, because of a law passed, I think, when Jeb Bush was governor, they don't measure emissions. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But so, that's also... The, I, was talking, I, was, I was talking to a friend recently about that. Um, here, when your car is, I think, five years old, you have to get an inspection every year. And it's quite a thorough inspection and includes an emissions test. And in France, it's the same. It includes an emissions test. But they check things like your brakes, your headlights, all sorts of things. And so a friend of mine, we were looking at a map in the states of the number of states that actually have any kind of inspection and the few that even inspect for emissions after once you've gotten the car. Uh, It seems that most states just accept what the manufacturer says rather than checking. um, You know, this inspection would would show if whatever these filters have stopped working or something. And sure, sure. If, if, if you're not inspecting, then you could be polluting an awful lot. we got to wrap it up here, folks. Okay. We can do that extensively. We might even try to get some people from the auto industry to talk about it. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? 
You can find me on my blog, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about all sorts of apps and software and hardware. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. A little bit later, we're going to talk to an ethical hacker. And some may feel that's an oxymoron, but we'll find out more when we talk to our guest. Okay, so that's going to be a little bit later. That's Dr. Timothy Summers. But right now, Adam, we were talking with Kirk McElhern about the VW crisis, where they're going to have to pay billions of dollars to fix these cars that put out too much junk into the air. And of course, it turns out that Kirk owns a car, a diesel car, made by a division of VW. Uh-oh. <laughs> their Spanish subsidiary, but it's not part of the recall. So he's okay. So it doesn't impact him at all. And the other day, I went to a VW dealer, the one right near here in Gilbert or Mesa, Arizona. When you have these towns, you don't know which is which because you drive across the street, you're in the next town. 
and the signs aren't very clear. And there was nobody in there. And I talked to the salesman and he said, you know, we haven't seen too many people in the last couple of days. And I felt bad for him. <laughs> Not that I was going to give him a car deal, but, you know, I felt bad for the guy. <laughs> but I think right now you can't buy a diesel because they won't sell them. But if you want a car cheap with a lot of value to it and you don't care whether the resale value goes down somewhat, it'd be a good time to get a VW, don't you think? Probably they'll finance anybody. If you have feet, they'll finance you. <laughs> I say my my question is whether or not you can get a v- Volkswagen e-Golf, which is their electric car, really cheap now because they're hurting and wants sales. And uh, it, this works around the entire emissions problem entirely. Okay, now that's the point we're going to raise here. Obviously, the issue with the VW diesels was they gave pretty good gas economy. But, of course, it's diesel fuel, which is kind of like kerosene. Very good kerosene, gas economy. But, of course, they put out too much of the foul stuff. But if you get an electric car, there's no emissions problem. So do you have an electric car? We do. We we have a Nissan Leaf. I actually test drove a, the Volkswagen e-Golf uh, last year when we were looking at buying our Leaf and didn't like it as much as the Leaf. Interestingly, largely from the technology standpoint, its LCD screen was terrible. It was it was fuzzy and hard to read and the fonts were awful and things like that. Well, isn't that um, true with a lot of cars, though? It, it is, but it was distinctly worse than on the Nissan Leaf. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was really bad, but nonetheless, um, you know, the 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 e Golf wasn't wasn't quite competitive with the Leaf for us, but uh, but it was a fine car, and the Leaf we've just really really liked, and a lot of it, you know, you don't smell your own exhaust too much, honestly. I mean, unless you turn the car on in the garage with the door closed, and you're thinking, oh man, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, it's not something that people really interact with. But every time you do, another thing we hit is, you know, you stop at the end of the driveway to put a letter in the mailbox. If the car is running and the windows are open, the exhaust comes in and you notice. And all of that stuff with the leaf just goes away. There is no exhaust at all because it's an electric engine. There's nothing. Yes, burning. is it all electric? It means there's no gas Completely. backup. There is no gas backup. There is no. There are no. You know, fluid-based uh, combustion engine parts to break or need maintenance or anything like that. It's just an electric engine. So the two things that this means, of course, there's one of them. People always know which is that you have a limited range. So the Nissan Leaf can go about 80 to 90 miles on a charge. That, and then you know how fast it recharges, it depends on how much power you put in, 110, 240, or a quick charger. But realistically, it's an around-town car. But most people's driving, most of the time, is around town. So the dealing with the range is something you just, you just figure it out. It's really not a problem. The other thing that people don't know about electric cars, and you know, you may have heard about the Tesla, you know, with the latest version of the Tesla with its ludicrous mode that can do zero to sixty in two point nine seconds. You know, that's well, the car, by the way, that Consumer Reports had difficulty <laughs> rating because their scores don't go that high. <laughs> yeah, they gave it something like a hundred and five out of a hundred. <laughs> yes, I mean it's just astounding. It's true. The the Tesla is a great car in a lot of ways, and and honestly, it could get better. I mean, you know that you know it's the Tesla. Like the interior is not as good as the interior of some high end German cars and things like that. But the, all that said, you get down to. I mean, no one. You know, I won't say no one. 
people, you know, most people aren't paying, you know, $120,000, $130,000 Tesla, but paying somewhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 for Nissan Leaf is easily within the range of most people who are buying cars. The issue there is the limited mileage. For someone like me, it doesn't work at all. If but you, I could see trust. where yep. with certain people or a lot of people would be perfect. Well, so what a lot of people have is they have two cars. And so the question then is, do you need both of your cars to be able to drive from gas station to gas station? And, you know, we have two cars. Our other car is a Subaru Outback. We live in the upstate New York. We need a, we need a serious winter car. So, you know, it's, a, it's the all-wheel drive car. It's the car we take to go skiing. You know, That's the car that people love, according to the commercials. It's a, it's a pretty good car, I have to say. Um, and we can talk about its technology, too, because I, we put a lot of thought into, into the technology side of that as well. But the thing that people don't know about electric cars, even at the Nissan Leaf level, is they drive better. They accelerate like you wouldn't believe. They push you back in your seat. They, they handle like no one's business because the Nissan Leaf has, you know, 3,000 pounds of batteries or whatever it is in the floor. It hugs the road. And it has this acceleration curve that's kind of unusual. It's not like a Tesla where there's sort of no limit to the acceleration. Um, the Nissan Leaf will, the Leaf will accelerate from zero to 30, kind of like a Tesla. It's really, it's a really, it jumps off the line. But you then, should also understand here how standards have changed. I mean, 30, 40 years ago, you got a car that could do zero to 60 in 10 seconds, which right now is a little bit slower than your most cars. Most cars can manage that or maybe a second yeah, slower, but most are like nine or eight seconds. If you had a car that way, it would be like a rocket. Today, it's yeah. average or slow. Yeah. So, you know, again, for zero to 30, this is this is faster than, than, than anything around. You can squeal the tires really easily and, you know, and kick on the electric, electronic stability control and everything. However, the way that Nissan set the acceleration curve is that it's not a sports car. So you can just keep the pedal pressed and it will basically stop accelerating after 30 unless you're going uphill. If you're going uphill, something about it it doesn't it doesn't quite realize that you know it still needs power, and so I've had four people in the car going up a steep hill, accelerating the entire time to 75 miles an hour while still on a steep hill, which you just can't. I mean, you know, our Outback with its big gas engine and you know all that can't come close to that kind of performance. People just don't realize that electric cars are simply better to drive. They're more fun. They handle better. They accelerate better. Um, and, and that's, in my mind, why electric cars are going to win in the end. It may take some time still because, yes, the battery technology has still got to get better. You, know, you probably need that 250-mile range. But you know, once, once you've got 250-mile range, it, it really solves most problems from, you know, for most people. So we're reaching a point here that maybe five or 10 years from now, yes, electric cars would be fairly common. So we're at the beginning stages. So the report now is that Apple may be ready with their car, the so-called Apple car, whatever it's called, Project Titan, by 2019. So between <laughs> yeah. 2019 and 2020, if I'm still alive, because at my age, that's a question mark. If I'm still here, 
maybe I'd consider what if I could afford it. But then that's the question, too. If Apple does go this route, they produce their car. Are they going to try to make it affordable? Because let's face it, a Tesla is pretty expensive, except for the fact that Tesla is promising to deliver in a year or two from now a more affordable $30,000 range car. And that's the average transaction price of a car. I don't know if you know that, but it's like $33,500, the average price of a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may not think that when you look at what you could afford to pay or what I could afford, but that's the case. We have Adam Inkst. Not going to ask him what he could afford to pay. This is the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You wouldn't go camping in the Everglades without bug spray, would you? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with scanners and steal the information on the RFID chips in your credit and debit cards. IDStronghold.com is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. ID Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals, opened or closed, no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and do not shield properly, if at all. When you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com. Because getting anything else is like using latex gloves as oven mitts. Ouch. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. The new frontier in human nutrition and health is that of epigenetics. Epigenetics refers to the portion of the DNA that you can influence with molecules or frequency signals. A huge key to detoxification, cellular health, and even eternal youth has to do with what kind of signals you are feeding your cells. Technology now exists to energetically encode foods or supplements so that the original food you started with is now a carrier of information that communicates health-giving signals to the cells of your body. The first food of its kind to ever receive this encoding is One World Way. 
One World Way has received high praise and generated some amazing testimonies since 2011. We now know that all the amazing testimonies we've received come primarily from the energy encoding process and secondarily to the high quality ingredients. To support your metabolism, detoxification, energy, and strength, unlike any supplement you've ever taken, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're talking about car tech and electric cars and what's Apple going to do. I'm going to ask Adam about a decision he made about Apple Music in a moment. But right now, I remind you, if you go to plus.technighthow.com, P-L-U-S.technighthow.com, you'll learn about the Tech Night Owl Plus, our premium version of the show, ad-free, better quality audio, the Tech Night Owl Minute coming soon. We also now have a lifetime membership. Check it out, plus.technightowl.com. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books is here. So if Apple comes out with a car, which is widely expected now, and when you get people from the industry like Bob Lutz of GM saying, Apple doesn't have the knowledge to do this, and you think about what they said about the iPhone in 2007, which was the same thing, you kind of expect if Apple can, they will. But what kind of price would it come at? Yeah, that is uh, quite literally the $64,000 question. So... I hope it's not that expensive. (laughs) Well, let's face it. Apple has never done very well at producing really low-cost computers. That they do not cut the corners to make something that is very affordable. So it would be upper middle would be the pricing then. That's, I mean, I, I have to say, if 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 I mean, if you ask me right now, what I would say, I'd say forty to sixty. That's where I'd say they're not going to compete with the Honda Fit. They're not going to compete with, a, you know, a Toyota Prius, and I just don't. They just don't see them doing that. And so, so I think you're, I think you're into that forty to sixty range, so that they can put in all the technology they want, so that they can they can absorb the costs of selling relatively few, at least initially. Because remember, Apple's going to run into exactly the same thing Tesla did. With dealers, they're going to have to either work with dealers or they're going to have to decide to try to sell directly. And then they, you, you know, I don't think Tesla can sell directly in all the states yet. Apple stores are not in places where you can sell cars; they're in malls. So you know, we're in high pedestrian uh, traffic zones. So Apple does not have a retail infrastructure that's designed for cars in any way, shape, or form. And I just have a hard a little bit of a hard time seeing Apple just selling through Joe random dealers. 
they would yeah. if they were going to do that, they'd establish their own dealer network with special requirements. And also they need to address the car buying experience because I think for most dealers it's miserable. It is miserable. There's no like the last time I got a car just was awful. a couple of years ago. Last time I got a car. They take you first to salesman. And then the salesman has to get approval of your deal from the manager. And then they have to do your credit check unless you come in there with a cashier's check. And then after all is said and done, you go to the finance department, which is almost like a separate dealership because they're going to sell you other things like gap insurance and extended warranties. And then when you sign the contract, they stick it into this huge impact printer because they need like 10 copies of it, of your contract. This old-fashioned impact printer. If it doesn't work right, they have to do it two or three times. Yeah. Now, there are ways to circumvent that. You go to a place like truecar.com or you go to a place where they have a guaranteed deal. And you work with a participating dealer and they say, okay, we'll sell you that Toyota Prius or Nissan Leaf or something. And here's the price. Here's the options. Here it is. Here's the stock number. All you have to do is come in, check the car if that's what you want, and sign the deal. And I know one year we leased a car. This was like 2008. And I did everything by email, made the whole deal. We agreed to everything. They did the credit check. That's when the credit was better than it is now. And they came to the house, brought the car. We signed the deal at our home. And I drove them back to the dealership to make sure the car was okay. Well, I think that Apple would, would need to do, as you say, would need to do some very special dealer network, part, because partly, again, if we assume that this is going to be an electric car, I mean, no no way of knowing at this point in time, but it's a little hard to see Apple doing something that's not at least a hybrid uh, at this point in time. You're going to end up with specialized repair situations and you know needing qualification for service and all of that. So it's a big difference. And as I say, Tesla has taken a tack where they just do it all themselves. The question Apple would be: Would Apple do want to do that? Have direct sales or set up car dealerships selling direct or franchise people with very very stringent requirements? Yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't sound like Apple these That's days. That's not Apple. Yeah. Apple has to have full control. But you believe they're going to do it? I do. Um, you know, from people I've talked to in the Valley, yes, I believe Apple is absolutely working on this. And I think it makes sense because if you look at, if you look at these, the, the tech giants right now, um, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, they're all getting into each other's pies. And the reason is that they've all, I don't want to say hit, they haven't necessarily, you know, hit their hit their their peak or anything like that. But huge companies can continue to grow beyond a certain point only by entering new markets. And Apple's going to keep selling iPhones like crazy, but at some point it's going to slow down because everyone on the planet will have a re- perfectly reasonable iPhone, or at least two or three. Or at least two or three, right? <laughs> you know, there's always going to be good business in replacing it for people who need to have the latest, et cetera, et cetera, or people who break it or whatever. But as they move down in the market in terms of how much people can afford that, you know, and an iPhone becomes something you've got to have or an Android phone, something you got to have, it's more likely that those people will be holding on to it for longer because it was such a huge expense for them to be able to afford to begin with. Well, now Apple's pulling this thing where they're going to have this rental or lease program where you pay a monthly fee, you can upgrade your iPhone every year, so they lock you in for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, although you don't have to upgrade. No, you uh, don't. But you could, it's, you it's basically a two-year no. contract. It's a two-year loan. Yeah. But, but the way it works is you can upgrade after a year. It's kind of like you have an AT&T Next or one of these programs from your cell phone providers where you pay a monthly fee. And depending on how the contract is written, you could upgrade in right. 24 months, 12 the, months, or 18 the months. Incentive, the incentive is that you can upgrade every year without penalty and just sort of keep paying Apple. But there's actually, as far as I can see in those in the contract, the only reason why it's... I mean, the only thing about it that's sort of not a great deal is that you have to you have to buy Apple Care Plus. You know, that's not optional. So the price is is a little higher than than it would be if you just bought the phone straight, but spread out over two years, and and the payments are the same. So you're actually you know it's a it's a good deal in that in that regard. It's just that you would have to not take advantage of the upgrade every year if you wanted to sort of not be beholden to them. So, so I think for example, if I want to have Square Trade for my extended warranty, which is like four or five dollars a month, right? I won't take Apple's deal. Maybe I'll go to AT and T and take their deal. Yeah, yeah. Or you can just self-insure and save the money entirely. You know, it, it just depends on whether or not you're the sort of person who uses uses these insurances. You know, because you break things, or if you're actually really careful and use a use a good case, and you just never had a problem, then you could save the money entirely. So, well, that's um, the key right there. If you can put 200 bucks away in your bank account, you're protected. Don't worry about the extended warranty. Yeah. Put the $200 in a bank account, one that you don't use very often, maybe a savings account. And we'll get into more of that in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Before using Heart and Body Extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking Heart and Body Extract, my energy level has improved greatly and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, Heart and Body Extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. 
You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and we're talking about a way to identify yourself against the breakage of your iPhone. I have never had an iPhone break in the seven or eight years I've owned them, except for one time where I bought a case at an Apple store and one of the salespeople knocked it down. <laughs> On the floor, the screen broke and they gave me a refurbished phone. You know, it happens. Stuff happens. Yeah. Okay. Now, the thing is here, it costs what? 200 bucks to replace the screen on an iPhone? I forget. It depends, but yeah. It, it depends. Okay. So you have a warranty for the first year. Now, if you took $200 and put it in a bank account, a savings account. And don't touch that account. Don't use it for an extra expense. Leave it. Never, never use it except for emergencies. You don't need the extended warranty at that point because the damage that may be caused will be covered by that $200. And yep. if you only had to use it, you know, once every two years, you're ahead of the game already. Right. Yeah, so that's the point. It's self-insurance. But the rest of us got to pay the 5 or $10 a month or whatever it costs. And so I said that all of these kind of payment plan deals are actually just fine now. You know, very few of them actually end up costing you more. It's not like lease 
leasing a car, where leasing a car is, you know, unfortunately never a good financial decision. It may be the cheapest way in the short term to afford the monthly payments, but it's, you know, you're always going to pay more than you would if you spread the same pay, you know, spread the same costs out over buying a car. With Apple and, and cars, I do think that it's an interesting question because they would undoubtedly do things differently than the, than is standardly done, just like Tesla has. You know, they would not just say, oh, look, we've built a car. Now, you know, we're going to sell it, you know, just through BMW dealers and, you know, all that. It just doesn't, that doesn't seem likely and it's just going to be a standard car. If Apple's going to do this, it's going to be really, really different. And well, you know they won't do it because the way car dealers work is broken. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think everyone knows that. You know, Apple is pretty good about saying, this system is broken. Let's do a different one. And which is ex- again exactly what Tesla did. Tesla said this system is broken. We are not gonna we are not gonna put up with that. You know, and, a lot of people do not like to go to a Persian bazaar situation when they want to buy a car. Because a car is a pretty big purchase. Yeah. And you don't want to go through all that nonsense. But every time you go to buy a car, and I've learned this, the only time that we got away with it was the back and forth email where I did it online. And I had the salesman come to my house and we spent like five, 10 minutes going over contracts and signing it. The rest, and plus the time it took for me to drive him back to the dealership to make sure the car was okay. But if you need to test drive a car, even then you don't have to put up with it. If you try to buy your car online, and you find a dealer willing to work that way within those constraints or with a truecar.com or one of these companies where they agree to take a specific guaranteed price for your car, no nonsense, you'll find a much more pleasant experience. But when you physically go into a dealership with the intention of maybe buying something, I did that for my sister-in-law like about six months ago. And I told her, expect to spend between two and four hours there. And she has a handicapped child. And she said, that's ridiculous. In the past, her her late husband would do all the car buying, so she didn't have to go herself and actually sign deals and stuff. And I agreed to help her. And I said, this is how it works. Even if you pick the car out in the first 15 minutes, which we did, we picked her a very nice white used car with a beige interior, a sporty kind of car, sporty sedan. It still took between two and three hours before she left. And that's the problem. And if they could fix that, fine. Anyway... I think if Tesla does have a successful mid-sized, mid-priced electric car, that's going to put pressure on Apple, don't you think? Absolutely. And one of the things that Tesla does now, which is very, very different from all of their cars, is that there are almost no physical controls in a Tesla. I mean, obviously, you have the steering wheel and the turn signal and that kind of stuff, but you don't have a radio with dials and buttons. You don't have a CD player, you know, any of that kind of stuff. What you have in the center console is a 17-inch color LCD screen, touchscreen. And everything you do, even if you want to pop the charging port so you can plug it in, you do that from the touchscreen. So that is a major change. In some cases, it's a lot better. And in other cases, it's actually a little fussy. Popping the charging port, for instance, you know, it'd be sort of the equivalent of like popping your gas can or your gas uh, gas gas uh, door. Um, it would be easier if it was a little little button under your seat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> having to navigate through the touchscreen to just pop the port is a little annoying. Um, but at that, but at the same time, a whole lot of other stuff is just better done because 
it's a comp- it's a computer interface and you can set it the way you want it it can remember what you want um you can you know it can actually provide a clean display i mean as you when you examine a great number of cars you discover that every one of them has a completely different interface in terms of you know how you control the climate control system and this and that and the other thing and you have to learn each one now, obviously you would have to learn what Tesla does, or I suspect Apple would do something similar, but I also suspect that it will be one designed by professional interface designers who are really good at this kind of stuff, and two, it will do what it can to uh, meet your needs in terms of remembering your settings, remembering how you do stuff, because we're used to that. You know, that's how computers work. Now, do you think here that the CarPlay interface, I'm trying to remember the name, the (laughs) CarPlay interface is like a test bed to some degree? I'm sure it is to a, to a some degree, although I have to say that the, that Apple, I mean, App, uh, CarPlay is, is, I haven't yet been down to the local Honda dealer. My understanding is it's shipping in the new Honda Accord, the 2016 Honda Accord. Um, but that's the only place it's been other than the Ferrari FF and um, some third-party head, head units. So, keep in mind, Apple's been talking about CarPlay for years, but n- people haven't been using it. Because it, it hasn't been available, right. except in luxury cars. We're just seeing it now in a Honda, new cars from Kia, new models that are affordable. You're starting to see it. And yeah. I don't know whether I care about running my iPhone in the car, because usually when I drive a car, I very specifically turn on the satellite radio, which I get a minimal package for, and I listen to a few stations. So I don't really care. So I think I think you will care. I mean, to a certain extent, you'll care. What a lot of people do in, in, in cars is listen to podcasts. Having to, being able to connect their iPhone to the sound system in a useful way actually would be nice. Yes, the iPhone connects as a Bluetooth device and it works, but in both our Subaru Outback and the Nissan Leaf, it's a little funky. It doesn't necessarily do what you want. Um, it, it forgets itself periodically. Um, you can't really control very well from the you know, from the screen. You, you you if you want to do more than just pause, play, and maybe advance, you know, to the next track you have to go to the iphone now let me tell you something about the iphone integration this is important i think there are times i'll receive phone calls you want hands-free and i've been working with cars with bluetooth hands-free since like 2006 at first it was a more expensive car now even cheap cars have it the problem is the same in all these situations a lot of times the audio quality is miserable so you talk to somebody on the phone and i had this with a rental car not long ago and it was easy to pair it and everything else and i'm getting a phone call and i hear the person perfectly on the other line but with me even with a good cell connection they couldn't understand me i'm a radio broadcaster i get paid sort of to be understood i've been doing that most of my life for two-thirds of my life if they can't understand me What's the use of this? Why can't they figure out a system that's easy? Plus the voice recognition systems on every one of these cars sucks rocks. I tried my Ford Sync. I tried the (laughs) Uvo service from Kia, which is also Microsoft, by the way. I tried the ones in the Volkswagen. I tried the ones in the Honda. I once had an Infiniti when I had a lot of money back in the mid-2000s. 
it was a low-end infinity. They have voice recognition systems that suck rocks. We're going to break here. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. 
and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So that's a question, Adam Inks, of Tidbits and Take Control Books. On your cars, how well does the voice recognition work? And if you're talking to somebody with a Bluetooth connection, can they understand you? So the voice recognition systems are weak beyond belief. And they will be especially bad if you are used to using Siri. Siri's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but Siri is, you know, leagues better than what is in the cars. And so I have tried using the speech rec- the voice recognition systems to control stuff. It's just not worth the effort. You know, I'm not driving enough that it, you know, it is in any way more helpful than just pushing the button. That said, my feeling, and again, I haven't taken calls from someone in one of my cars, so I don't know what they sound like personally, but my impression is is that people have no trouble hearing me. I have not gotten anyone saying, I can't hear you, I can't hear you kind of stuff on a call. Um, I think in both cases, this is, a, this is a situation of the technology and it improves radically. So, you know, the voice recognition systems are way better than they used to be, but they're still pretty bad because they're not level of Siri or, or Google or Microsoft's Cortana. But simple, something as simple as just providing better uh, quality voice for a Bluetooth call is just a matter of having more speakers, better speakers, or you know, microphones, having noise-canceling stuff, having um, uh, digital signal processors to take out any kind of, bo- any kind of background noise. And, and also, keep in mind, the Nissan Leaf, it doesn't have a gas engine. So it's silent. It's really, really quiet inside. Now, the other thing, of course, that I don't like about the voice recognition systems is the prompts and the syntax you have to follow. You can't really use native language. So, for example, on the Kia with the Uvo system, which I have experience with, I want to call, say, Adam Inkst on his mobile phone. I would say, call Adam Inkst on mobile. It has to be on mobile. If I say in mobile or something else or at mobile, it will think it's either the house or the, or the office is so restrictive in the syntax. If you don't follow it precisely, it gets it wrong. Or sometimes it's a multi-step thing where you first have to say, call number. And it says, what number? And you repeat the number. You can't just say, call number and say the number and have it figure it out. You have to go through a multi-step recognition process. And the thing is also another issue I have with cars and car interfaces is presets. Now, in the old days, you'd have the buttons with numbers on them. And you turn to the station, you have a button for the band, AM, FM, or satellite. And then you switch to the station, you tune to it, and you press and hold the button, and it stores the station. 
that's the way it works now, but a lot of times it's on a digital interface with three or four levels of navigation to get there. And I think, why are we making it so complicated? We've added all these features to car infotainment systems. I just want to listen to this radio station. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, you know, because we have two cars with different interfaces, you know, how you do a preset is actually the same in both of them. You know, you sort of, you know, you, you, you fine-tune to the station and then you press and hold the, the position. But in our Subaru, it's actually a scrolling list. And you have to press the touchscreen to scroll if you want to get past whatever the first are or whatever. Um, um, in, the, in the Leaf, you can have... You can, there's actually an AM screen and, and two FM screens, and you push a physical button to move between the three screens, and it's actually easier to use the button. You know, that it's one of those situations where trying to scroll on, a, on, a, on an LCD screen is just not an easy thing to do while driving. It's a, you know, it's a funny little touch location and you, you don't get any feedback when you've touched it, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the kind of thing which I think Apple could really do some interesting stuff. And, you know, I said I do want to try a CarPlay interface at some point to see, how, see where they're thinking. But they're clearly getting a lot more experience in different types of interface. I mean, obviously, started with the Mac. And when they moved to iOS or the iPhone, a lot of stuff changed. But when they go to the Apple TV, which is another entirely different usage scenario, they change stuff again. And I'm really interested to see how, for instance, Siri works um, on the fourth generation Apple TV that's coming out in a month or so. Because that's, you know, the indication that Apple is saying, we need to be able to do different stuff in different places, and it still has to be a good interface. So, you know, Apple doesn't have a lock on this. Other people could do good interfaces, but the car manufacturers simply haven't, you know, no, none of these cars with the you know, exception of the Tesla have anything close to what you'd expect to come from a company like Apple or frankly, Google, you know, that Google will probably come up with, you know, they have the Android car or whatever, you know, their version of this, all this is. So, you know, we really need to see some of what the technology companies can do um, because these the uh, the car is the 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 car part of it the actual driving part of it is all pretty good you know? yeah that's the one thing right now yeah. i don't think there's really a bad car anymore i mean i had to rent a car very briefly and i had a nissan juke which is the versa one of the cheapest cars yep. you can buy and it was a perfectly comfortable well-riding car it had a really nice radio but the interface, you know, sucked rocks, but it was a pretty decent radio. And I had no objection to it. If I had to really get a cheap car, you know, it yeah. would be fine. It it's, didn't it's, have much trunk space. You have to kind of, it's a hatchback or it's actually like, looks like a truck almost. And you have to fold down the rear seats to get any trunk space. But it was a really nicely designed car. On the other hand, I drove a Ford Fiesta with European origins and it was the most uncomfortable car I ever drove in my life. <laughs> you, the oh. displays, the this is the Ford Sync thing, and the little LCD display was almost unreadable in normal light. You had all sorts of buttons that made no sense. I mean, I understand that the biggest problem with the Ford, other than the comfort on the Fiesta, of course, was the fact that their interfaces were so bad, their JD Powers ratings went down. 
Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying is, is that from the actual driving part, you know, the wheels go round and the engine's going to last 200,000 miles and it's not going to rust and all of these things are true for all the cars. But that interface, you know, and bo- the interface actually goes a little bit beyond just sort of the technology interface. As you know, the, the, the seats, for instance, are the seats comfortable? That's going to vary by, from car to car to car. That I don't understand either. I think after all these years, seat technology is pretty good. Why do you have cars that are so uncomfortable? <laughs> it is a good question. I will say that the last we had to rent a car to drive down to Washington D.C. to catch a plane for a trip last um, last year, year before, and it was again the the most uncomfortable car I've ever been in. Um, what it was kind just was it? Awful. It was a. I, I don't remember other than a Ford, honestly. A Ford Fiesta. A Focus, by the way. I took a test drive in a Focus once. I went to a Ford dealership. This is maybe five years ago. Yeah. I took a test drive in a Ford Focus, and I think that's the one other than the Fiesta that was supremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And I said to the salesman, and I was actually creating the climate for him to show me a different car. <laughs> and I said to him, this is very uncomfortable. It's very, very difficult to ride in. I don't like it. And he kind of looked at me with the implication, we'll just get the hell out of here. And I did. (laughs) I mean, no car dealer back in 2010 were coming out of the recession and they're begging for business. They want to get rid of me. Yeah, well, I do think that, that, that I mean, some of that is 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 just um, cost. So, for instance, you know, our Outback has, you know, a very, very adjustable seat and it's a slightly more expensive car than the leaf which you know has the, the kind of seat which actually works just fine for us which means tanya has to pull it up pull the seat you know she pulls the lever into the seat and moves it forward so she can reach the, the pedals and as soon as i get in i pull the lever and slam it all the way back so i can fit in the car <laughs> and, so you don't worry about having a car with memory seats but you right, know it's funny i had a car with memory seats most recently and i never used them why because my wife doesn't drive much anymore she had cornea transplants in 2009 and certainly her vision is pretty good now but she hasn't driven in 10 years and probably will not bother yeah whereas we do have that in the outback and it's nice you know honestly you know that car that seat is much more adjustable it goes up it goes down it tilts this you know it's it's it is it is more comfortable and but i'm sure it costs a lot more to put in the car too with all those motors and you know ways it's adjust so you know i do understand a little bit of the variability there but it's and this is why I think Apple is getting into the business, is that it is really, really clear that the, the differentiation between cars now is, how, is that human car interface. The interface and the comfort level. We've got more to talk about with Adam Inkst. Of Tidbits and Take Control Books, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity. We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for healthcare than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. A little bit later, we'll be talking to an ethical hacker, okay? But right now we got Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We're talking about the things that Apple could work on to improve the car. I think more reliable and more options to get a comfortable seating position because everybody's different. And we want to do that because I think it's amazing that they could still, after all these years, be making cars that are totally uncomfortable. And I think there ought to be enough basic adjustments in a car that most anybody, unless they are of a very physical extreme, being abnormally large, could get a fairly comfortable position. I don't understand that. Let's move to a couple yeah. of the topics because we have like two segments left here. Apple Music. <laughs> you and I subscribe to Apple Music, and I think our answers are the same. You and I subscribe to Apple Music pretty much the first day, June 30th. Oh, sure. And mm-hmm. I set it up, and it took a while for for you to figure out my musical tastes. I think I mentioned I was getting, because I like pop music, they insisted I must like Tom Jones and Barry Manilow and Eddie Arnold, the late country pop star. And I kept rejecting it. After about six weeks, it seemed to get what I wanted. Okay? And then comes the time, should I turn off the auto-renew option on September 29th? Because it would renew on the 30th. I turned it off. I turned the auto-renew off. And I realized I had not used anything offered by Apple Music in six weeks. (laughs) So why am I paying $10 a month for something I'm not using? Now, we understand if you're a tech journalist and you write about iTunes and music like Kirk McElhern, and you have libraries of millions of songs, (laughs) in addition to what you get from Apple, it makes sense for him to keep it up. What about Adam Inkst? What was your decision, sir? We turned it off. And I turned it off, actually, from a slightly different reason. First of all, of course, even as a tech journalist, I mean, Kirk writes about iTunes. He doesn't have a choice. If you want expertise, yes, Kirk. Yeah, well, someone has to edit Kirk. (laughs) 
And so, uh, right. And so the point is, is when, when we're editing his Take Control of iTunes book, we need to have access to it, but you just turn it on for a month. The reason why I, I turned it off is that the way I like to interact with music is I like to collect it. I like to find something, I, you know, find a new artist who I haven't heard of. And then I like to listen to an entire album. One reason I've never liked the iTunes store much, 30 second previews, not acceptable. I don't know if I'm going to like a song from 30 seconds. Just, I don't know. And so I listen to the entire album. If I like it, I add it to my favorites. And if I don't like it, I just move on. And if I do like it, I'll probably go and listen to everything else that that artist has done, probably in chronological order, so that I can... Um, so that I can, you know, really get a feel for how they evolved over time. And, you know, maybe I like the older stuff versus the newer stuff, whatever. Um, and it, 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 I just keep building my collection. In RDO, which I've been using for two years before Apple Music came out, this is really easy. <laughs> In iTunes, this is a task that is akin to pulling teeth. It's possible. I even know how to do it, but it's just so freaking hard to do in iTunes because iTunes, the interface has just gotten worse and worse and worse, and it's just not worth the blood pressure rising every time I want to use, I want to listen to some music. So that's why I dropped Apple Music and yeah sure we'll renew if we have to have to edit something to test it but it didn't it didn't work at all for uh, for me and the whole for you stuff well I don't know whether it, it was accurate or not but the fact was is they kept putting up playlists that seemed to be you know uh, for instance the one I I mentioned in my article was I like the doors you know, I, I am a fan of The Doors. I, I have favorited most of The Doors albums. That does not mean that I am interested in a playlist of music from artists who are L.A. inspired or something like that. It's just not relevant. And yet, Apple Music was very happy about the fact they were giving me this playlist of people I'd never heard of playing music I didn't like that was somehow inspired by the doors or inspired by the same stuff that inspired the doors or from the same part of the world as the doors or I don't know but it was wrong and I'm I really don't like listening to music that I don't like you know I'm not one of those people who will just yeah whatever listen to it and you know think later well I didn't really like that that much I find it jarring you, you know, know something here I will sample music sometimes in iTunes. You can sample up to 90 seconds or something like that. So then they had this whole brouhaha over Taylor Swift because of the fact that she didn't want to participate in Apple Music and they cut a deal that even during the free trial period, the artist and the songwriters get some money. So, all right, she's an advocate. She is very popular. All right, so I played the 1989 album, the first few seconds of each song, and it sounded to me like they've got her voice in this special kind of echo track, like a stylized thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, they apply a certain kind of yeah. echo, kind of like if you go back to the early days of Elvis Presley, where he would have this special echo around his voice. Not that he didn't have a great voice. He was a wonderful talent. And he could sing on stage without all the echo effects and sound great. 
And I'm sure she can. I'm sure she's very talented. She's won Grammys as a songwriter and singer. Every song sounded the same to me. It's like I'm listening to 10 songs that are basically the same song with slightly different arrangements, slow, fast. And the mixes are all the same. And I don't know. Maybe one day I would listen to it and I would get it. I didn't get it. Yeah. Well, you know, Apple Music has a vast amount of music to listen to, but they don't make it very easy for you to find what you want. They do pretty well at at saying, here's stuff we think you're going to like, but if they're wrong, because I don't know, I've never found the algorithm that could tell me what I liked because I've never found the person who could tell me what I liked. You know, you know, I don't, I don't understand how musical taste works, but mine does not appear to be predictable. And so, as a result, you know, all of these things fall down. And I'm perfectly happy to, to, to you know, when I'm in that kind of a mood, browse around and say, "Who's this?" They seem to be related. You know, there's, you know, the, the system tells me they're somewhat related to this other artist or similar to this other artist who I do like. I'll try them. Maybe I'll like them. Maybe I won't. But if I I'm doing it intentionally, and if I don't like them, I can move on within seconds as opposed to listening through an entire song or entire playlist or something like that. And if I do like them, I'll stick around. Well, with and me here, I really, I've been around long enough, I think, that I have specific defined musical tastes, and I have certain artists I've learned to like. I don't have the time, except in a rare occasion, to discover something new I might like. Like... I do hear sometimes a song I like. I like the theme from the James Bond movie Skyfall from Adele, partly because she recaptured the spirit of the early music from the early James Bond films. But I then listen to other stuff. I, you know, fine. She's talented. It just isn't my cup of tea. So it's one of those one song things. But most of the time when I was using For You, when I did listen, I concentrated strictly on the artist's that I know. I didn't worry about the artists that I didn't know because I didn't have time to deal with that. There's just too much stuff. Yep. There's so many albums and so many songs that I like. I could spend day and night listening to them, and on a rare occasion, I will catch up on something else. And as I said with me, it took for you about six weeks to kind of sort of get what I liked. I mean, 100%, maybe you know, 80%, but you know, kind of sort of suggest things that to me made sense, even if I wouldn't listen to the track, I understood the logic behind it. But I think here, the algorithms need to be tuned up if they're going to work at all. The interface has to be tuned up. And I wonder how many people after that three-month trial kept up their subscriptions. I got the impression in reading this interview with Eddie Q that they're looking at Apple Music on a long-range basis, which tells me that the initial uptake isn't so great because he'd give you the numbers otherwise. Adam Inks is here for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down, or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today 
at MaxSales.com. That's MaxSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You wouldn't go camping in the Everglades without bug spray, would you? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with scanners and steal the information on the RFID chips in your credit and debit cards. IDStronghold.com is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. ID Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals, opened or closed, no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and do not shield properly, if at all. When you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com. Because getting anything else is like using latex gloves as oven mitts. Ouch. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We're talking about Apple Music. Both of us agreed not to renew our subscriptions. So you were about to say? I was say, I don't think the interface can be tuned up. I think the interface needs to be thrown away completely. Okay. That iTunes has is utterly broken. And there is so it is so complicated. Music used to be simple. You used to push a button on the radio, pop a cassette in a in a player, put a record on, put a CD in. It was easy. And then when digital music started, first with Sound Jam and then with iTunes in the early days, it was easier to play music. The whole point was that it was easy. And as iTunes has acquired more and more capabilities, it's gotten more and more trickier to use, but you know, playing the music through a couple, you know, a couple revisions ago still was pretty easy. You know, that basically you got this big spreadsheet looking list and you you could you could sort it, you could filter it and you could plus play and that was about it. It was still easy. Now to find stuff and and play it is actively hard. I think a lot of people just don't want to go to the effort. It's just it's something that they don't need to be putting brain space into. You know, when I my, the article that I wrote in two bits basically I was saying that what I like about audio is that it's easy. It surfaces all this stuff. If I see an artist name, it's always hotlinked. I can always click an artist name and I will always go to their page. In Apple Music, there's about four different ways to do it. And where they work and where they don't work is potentially logical, but it's certainly not easy to figure out. I mean, I, I had to write an entire article and spend literally hours poking at the interface in different views to be able to write what I was pretty sure is accurate information about how this stuff works. That shouldn't be necessary. It should be obvious at all times how you get to see the artist page. And so, I think more than anything else that has happened with iTunes of late, Apple Music is a perfect example of something which is being actually damaged by being in iTunes as the whole. Do you think Apple should have made a separate app for it? Yes. It should have been completely separate. I mean, perfect example is you want to listen to music, so you launch iTunes. What do you see when, you, when iTunes launches? You see the last place you were which might be the app store. It might be your app updates. It might be movies. It might be who freaking knows what it's going to be. It's going to be different every time because it's going to remember the last time you quit iTunes. So you think you want to play music, but you're going to have to navigate through whatever it was that iTunes was last doing to get to your music. And then let's just talk about the music. People don't quite realize this, but at the nav bar at the top of iTunes, there are three sets of controls. On the left-hand side is where you choose music, movies, apps, iPhone, whatever. In the middle is where you choose things like My Music, Playlist, For You, um, iTunes Store. And on the right is where you pick the view, songs, artists, genres, whatever. That means the number of combinations for viewing music is nuts. You can't just see music. You, you click music. 
then you have to decide. If you click my music or playlist, it shows you your music. If you click for you or new, it shows you Apple Music. If you click iTunes Store, it shows you iTunes Store, which is completely different from Apple Music. And you can't go from one to the other. So, as I said, it is just utterly broken, broken, broken. There is no fixing it within iTunes. It cannot be done because it's trying to do too many things. And with Apple Music, the goal is to find and listen to music, nothing else. Nothing with movies, nothing with apps, nothing with, with stores, whatever. If you've subscribed to this, they should be making it super easy for you to explore and listen to music and nothing else. You know, I can't disagree there because every time I use iTunes on the weekend when I'm processing our podcast files... And for the two shows, we have two files each. We have the standard one with the ads from the network, from GCN. Then we have the premium files with the ones for our Plus service, Tech Night Out Plus and Paracast Plus. So there are four files that go in four separate feeds. And I have to check to make sure that the files are uploaded properly, that they can be downloaded so that somebody doesn't write me and say, I got last week's show. I check everything. And I have to go back and forth through multiple interfaces to get everything I want from iTunes. And then my wife says, you know, let's rent a movie this week. The Avengers, the new Avengers movie is finally available for rent. Wouldn't you like that? And now I have to find the other interface. And it's also muscle memory. So if you're choosing (laughs) the particular option you want, you know, movies or music or podcasts, the position of everything in the center is different because they're different commands. So you remember to click here. And wait a minute, the command's over there. Doesn't it Apple get, understand this? Apple should be it, the expert on interfaces. And it gets worse. So let's say you're in My Music or Playlists, okay? And you manage to figure out how to navigate to an artist page. It's easy if you're in artist view. It's possible if you're in songs or albums view. And it is not possible if you were in composers or genres view. So just to be clear about that. Um, so you get to an artist page, you're in My Music or Playlists, and if you click an album, it switches you out of my music into new. And if you, pretending you're in a web browser, use the back command, it will not take you back to my music. It will take you back to the last thing in new that you saw. You know what? We're just about out of time Please. with Adam Inks, but I <laughs> want to say this here. I'm thinking here that we should take Jeffrey Robin, who I assume is still on the iTunes team at Apple, and I know him. He's a great guy. Sit him down, show him the interface, and do what they do on the NCIS TV show, where Agent Gibbs will slap someone on the head and say, get a grip, man. (laughs) This is what is wrong with this interface. You've packed so much junk on it that it becomes unwieldy. And yeah, maybe you've improved some of the performance problems and everything. But it's got to a point here where it is just completely ridiculous. And right now, by the way, I opened up iTunes. And it still has for you listed there, even though I'm not subscribing to Apple Music. (laughs) It shows for you all the ways you love music all in one place with an option to join. So I already have here, which is unfortunate, a constant reminder of a product that Apple has available to subscribe. I don't want it there. If I want that interface element, I'll subscribe to Apple (laughs) Music. If I want Connect, I'll subscribe to Apple Music. Why are they subjecting me to this stuff? I don't yeah. want it. Take yep. it away. Goodbye. Yep. No, it's uh, it's just a mess. So It's a mess. 
<laughs> Adam Inks, please tell our listeners where they can find more of what you do. And there are no messes present at all. No, none at all. Um, our ebooks and with new ones about upgrading to El Capitan and learning what's new in El Capitan in our crash course are at TakeControlBooks.com. And of course, my article about comparing RDO to Apple Music and much more is at Tidbits.com. Adam Inks, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome, Gene. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Most of us already know that taking a fish oil supplement to boost omega-3s is a good idea. But did you know that about 60% of Americans are actually deficient in omega-3s? Did you know that most fish oil products contain only about 25% omega-3s and the remaining 75% is undesirable fish fat? Heck, did you know that more than 90% of fish oil supplements sold in the USA are not even made here? If you want to boost your omega-3s using the finest American-made fish oil, check out Nutrigold Fish Oil Supplements on www.fishoil.best. 
Nutrigold fish oils are independently five-star certified and guaranteed to be exceptionally pure. That means no more fish burps. Best of all, just one Nutrigold fish oil capsule contains more omega-3s than four standard fish oil capsules. Go to www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497 and use promo code BESTFISHOIL to get a free one-month supply. That's www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Dr. Timothy Summers is what is called an ethical hacker. I don't know if that's a kind of an oxymoron kind of term, Dr. Samers, but can you tell me what an ethical hacker is? Sure, Gene. Uh, and, 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 well, first, you know, thank you for having me. Um, sure thing. In general, you know, an ethical hacker is a computer hacker uh, who hacks, you know, your company with your permission uh, and with the intent of finding your weak points, uh, really finding the weak points that a malicious hacker could exploit. Okay, so street legal. Does that take us also to the kind of hackers we see, the reformed hackers who appear on a TV show like a CSI cyber, where these were hackers who maybe got arrested for doing something and they said, you know what, you're so good, we'll give you a job if you stay street legal. Sure, sure. So, so what ends up happening, right, is that uh, you know, you know, those folks may have been what we call so in the hacking community, or really the sociologists have come up with these terms: white hat hacker and black hat hacker. And so, you know, that person might have been a black hat previously and is now becoming a white hat, or like the TV show Scorpion. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and that's based on a real guy, Walter O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've I've heard mention of this show multiple times, and uh, people get really excited about it. Except the guy who plays Walter O'Brien, although he speaks with an American accent, is actually British. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, let's talk about the kind of things that uh, you're involved in. So as an ethical hacker, was there ever a time in your life that you were not an ethical hacker? Well, you know, actually, when I started, there really was no such term. I mean, really, you didn't call anyone an ethical hacker. It kind of, you know, just sort of came about. And I'll tell you what I, you know, what I mean by that is that, you know, when I first started, right, I started hacking when I was 11 years old. And uh, there was definitely no such thing as an ethical hacker and definitely not as a career. Most of the people in the ethical hacking field started out by, you know, being interested in things like interested in knowing how things worked. For example, like understanding viruses, uh, understanding how to stop connections, internet connections, turn things off that were supposed to be on all the time. So it really kind of spawned out of this natural curiosity. So, you know, as time has progressed, you know, business and government-related organizations have decided to start taking their, their security more seriously and hire ethical hackers to, to really improve their posture. Now, these days, automobiles, 
are highly computerized. There's several computers in there. Right. And a lot of complexities. And I'll give you an example of the cars I've had recently where you keep the key in your pocket, the key fob. You right. will go up to the car and there's a little button that you push. You push that, it opens the door. Mm-hmm. Because it senses the proximity of your key. Now, the VW on the VW Passat, which I looked at the other day, there you kind of grab the handle and it opens up. But if you just touch a little indent on the door handle without really inserting your hand, it locks it. Right. Okay. Now, how easy is it for somebody to hack that? And the reason I ask that is in the old days, you'd see a movie, and in every case, they want to hack it, they want to get into a car and steal it. They find the ignition wires mm-hmm. and they pull the ignition wires under the steering wheel and they attach a couple of wires and the thing starts up. You can't do that in a car now, can you? <laughs> I mean, they're still doing that in brand new movies. They're always stealing right. cars that way. It's not somebody with a little box that breaks into the electronics. Right, right. Uh, actually, it's really good that you bring this up. Uh, at this past year's uh, DEF CON conference, which is a, a hacker conference in Las Vegas, there was a you know a, a security researcher who built this little box that, uh, you know, if you were standing close enough to someone when they were using their key fob to unlock their car or, you know, walking up to use the, the proximity features, this little box would basically grab the signal so that you could, uh, you know, open the person's car later on. So just to give you a sense of... Uh, of how easy that might be. And I believe that gentleman was selling that device for about $30. So if you wanted, you could go online and buy one of those right now. (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you a question here. You intercept the signal. Does that give you full control of the car or can you just lock and unlock it? Uh, for the most part, you can lock and unlock it. But, you know, I mean, there's since it's all electronic, right? I mean, if you had enough time to really play around with it, you could you could figure out how to get control of the car. I mean, we actually just saw that, you know, a couple security researchers did that with the Jeep, um, with the new Jeeps. And um, that was something that, um, you know, I think really scared, you know, the bejesus out of uh, out of GM. Well, that's Chrysler, of course, the Jeep. But oh right, they, right, right, right. But the key with the Jeep is they had to recall those things to update the software real quickly. Right, <laughs> right. So it, it was pretty it frightening. Okay, so the key here is that in theory, then, and all these cars have online connections for satellites and everything. Is it possible to just go to any car and figure a way to break in? Because remember, here they don't just build one kind of a car; they'll build you know a million of them. So if you can succeed in breaking into that car, you've got one million people that you could hack. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, the simple answer to that is yes. Um, You know, with enough time and a prototype, you can hack into almost anything. So, you know, I would I would definitely say that there you know, if you've got a group of, of really skilled hackers and you give them some time with a car, any kind of car it is, uh, they will definitely figure out ways to get in into it, take it over, use it, uh, and they will figure out how to reverse engineer those electronic components. So the more electronic our cars become, the more vulnerable we will become, unless you know there's uh, unless the the car manufacturers start hiring ethical hackers like myself, or more of us rather. <laughs> okay, so that's the point here. Are they doing what's necessary, or does it always take? these black hat conferences or something to prove that your Jeep or whatever the car is has a vulnerability. Is that what it takes always? It it seems that, you know, the companies typically uh, would prefer to not spend the money up front. Um, You know, they figure that 
when, when or if something happens, then they'll address it. Um, but until then, I mean, they really don't worry about it too much. I mean, of course they have, um, you know, now recently, of course, with the Jeep situation, you know, um, you know, they have those hackers working there to give them some, you know, as consultants. Um, but the companies really could be doing a lot more. I mean, we're definitely seeing that, uh, data breaches are happening all the time. Um, and you would figure that the companies would have learned by now, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a learn as you go kind of situation. And you really have to worry about those things now because they wait till after the barn door is open and everything, everyone is left, and then they close the barn door. And you have to worry also about the fact that is they won't do anything until they're discovered. Look at Volkswagen with 11 million right. cars where they have this software trick to disable the emission controls for maximum performance and gas economy. But when it's being tested, that thing is on. Now, that's not the only company that did that. You go back to right. the 1970s when you had the Clean Air Act, you'll find a lot of the manufacturers pull that stunt. They're always pulling stunts. You have to assume that they're not going to do something until you drag them kicking and screaming. So let's talk exactly. about other hacking attempts. So the big publicity, and we're going to have to break in a moment, but the big publicity recently is a site that caters to people who want to have dates outside of their marriages. Ashley sure. Madison. And somebody recovered, what, millions of memberships and access yeah. to millions of memberships. And how do they do this? The, the, yeah, the Ashley Madison hack was actually quite interesting. I mean, um, you know, for the most part, we definitely saw that, um, you know, there were there were tons of, of people who had signed up. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, the really interesting thing about that entire situation is that, you um, you know, there seemed to have been some some interesting contention between the hackers and the CEO of the company. Uh, you know, no one really ever, you know, we never found out exactly who those hackers were, but they definitely taunted the CEO quite a bit. Um, and there were, you know, I remember getting access to the data before it had gone public, and, and there were some really interesting pieces of information in there. Uh, for example, on the membership list was Tony Blair's email, the uh, former prime minister of, of the UK, and that was, uh, that was kind of an interesting shocker. Uh, well, of course, but- you have to wonder if somebody put his name there or whether he did it. Of course. Let's do our break now. Okay, Dr. Timothy Summers, an ethical hacker, joins us. One more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutral the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. This is 
is Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live, Dr. Timothy Summers, uh, amiable gentleman who's an ethical hacker, and we're kind of dissecting here the Ashley Madison breach. In this case, then, the people who did this, they had an axe to grind, they didn't like the CEO or what? I definitely think that there's an element of that there. I think, they, you know, of course, there was obvious concern about the service itself. But the hacking group uh, specifically said that they didn't like that Ashley Madison was charging customers for uh, purging their data when they actually really were not purging customer data. But they were charging the customers, you know, 30 bucks a month or something like that to, quote unquote, clean their data. Wow. Okay, I understand in a service like that, you subscribe and you order a service. We can argue about the morality of the service, but let's just look at the raw facts here. But I want to get off that service. Say I decided maybe I'm having a problem with my other half and I want to join a service like that. Whatever reason, you know, we're not going to Mm -hmm. judge that. You have to pay to get off the list? Yeah, yeah, basically. The, the company charged you an extra fee to, uh, to purge your data, and it turned out they really were not doing that. They were just collecting the money. Oh, boy. Isn't that a fraud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, that is fraud. And so the, the hacking group, uh, they were calling themselves Impact Team, I believe. And uh, they were saying that, you know, hey, you know, we think that this is a shady service. And we think that the fact that uh, Ashley Madison is charging people for something that they're not really doing is uh, quite shady as well. Okay, so where does that stand now? All the people whose names were disclosed, whether it was Tony Blair or somebody using his email address. And was Hillary Clinton a member? (laughs) That's a good question. I can neither confirm or deny that. But but I will definitely say that uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, You know, we've seen a couple of suicides as a result. That is sad that things like that happen. But the larger question is here, We had IRS data breaches. We had Target with the credit card information a couple of years back. Is anything safe? What do you do other than with a car, you buy an old car without electronics, and you figure if they're going to take the car, they'll just take the wires and clip them together. Or if you're going to use any product or service, you pay by cash, and maybe you keep your money in a mattress so they can't hack your bank. What do you do? Yeah, this is uh, this is actually something that um, you know I recently talked about uh, to some other folks, and you know, of course, you know, you mentioned some of the breaches that have happened. One of the biggest ones as of late, you know, T-Mobile and Experian. Uh, you're talking over 15 million records. Uh, now, this is huge. your credit data. This is the information about your right. credit rating. This is names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, uh, identification numbers like driver's license and IDs, military IDs, passport numbers. Uh, This was that kind of data, 15 million. So we're talking here about 15 million people who are vulnerable to identity theft. Basically, that's exactly what we're saying. And and there was a security firm that uh, claimed that the data was already for sale on the dark web. You know, of course, at, you know, at the moment, I can't confirm or deny it, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. All right. We hear the dark web and we hear that on TV shows. They mention it quite often. Every week you're listening to dark web on Scorpion or CSI Cyber. What is the dark web like a kind of a separate or underground version of the Internet? Yeah, so so the dark web, you know, a lot of cybercrime groups and individuals that are involved in, you know, various malicious things, um, and even, you know, mostly those kinds of people, you know, they communicate via what we call the dark web, which are basically underground websites uh, that, 
you can only get to with with highly specialized software and of course painstaking detail uh, and attention paid to your uh, anonymity. What we currently know, what most people know is the internet, right? I mean, they go to Google or MSN.com or Yahoo, whatever their search engine of choice is, and they search for a topic and they get a list of sites. That's the public internet, you know, I mean, that's that's open to everybody. The dark web are websites that don't come up on those search engines. Uh, you know, as I said previously, you need specialized software and, and uh, access to get, you know, to actually access those websites. Okay, so what do I do to protect myself in this day and age? Do I go back <laughs> to living in the 1950s in terms of lifestyle? Well, no, you don't have to do that. But there are definitely some things that you can do. Uh, you know, you definitely can, in terms of purchasing and, you know, your spending habits and things like that, you know, for example, like what we, the data we saw uh, breached in the Target hack or the uh, the, the Experian and T-Mobile hack, um, there's a few things that you can do. And they are, you know, different than what people are used to. You know, I always advise people to to reconsider signing up for those retailer loyalty programs. You know, that's definitely something that allows the companies to have access to your personal and credit data that goes into those databases that are that are breached many times. So reconsider signing up for those because that's a lot of the time that's how your data is getting out. Um, and of course, you know, you may say, well, hey, you know, I've got to sign up for services. Like, for example, T-Mobile, you've got to give them your address and social and things like that. You know, definitely reconsider, you know, the phone numbers that you use. Um, for example, a lot of people use phone management services like Google Voice. And what that does is it adds another layer of obfuscation where the company may or may not have may not have your uh, your actual real phone number. So what Google Voice does is it gives you a phone number that Google basically owns and it forwards calls to all of your numbers. But if you use that Google Voice number, you can actually filter and screen calls and things like that. And if anyone were to try to backtrack on that number, they'd find Google. They wouldn't necessarily find you. You know, also things like using, you know, post office boxes instead of your home address. These are some of the, the little things that you can do to really sort of protect your anonymity and your privacy. What about credit cards? I mean, you're handing the credit yeah. card to somebody unless you sw- swipe it yourself. And if you swipe it yourself, they could have an intermediary device to capture it. But if you hand sure. a credit card, say, in a restaurant, and this is where it's a common thing, you hand a credit card to the food server. And the food server walks to the back and they run your charge. How do you know they're not also capturing all the information on the credit card, the front and the back, to do something later on? Right, right. Yeah, the device you mentioned earlier is a skimmer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially, one of the good things about credit cards, though, is that if you suspect that, you know, there's any kind of, um, you know, you know, malicious activity on your credit card, you can cancel it right away. Uh, another thing, and this is why I advise people to use credit cards over debit cards for one reason, uh, is that, you know, with credit cards, you don't have to enter a PIN. There's less risk of a person actually, you know, getting access to your checking account, things like that. Uh, whereas if you use a credit card, I mean, you can call the credit card company, cancel it right then and there, have them overnight you a new card by the next day. Uh, and if you see a charge on there that, you know, is not right, you can call them and dispute that charge pretty easily. With debit cards, it's a, it's a little bit of a different process. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, definitely I recommend using your credit cards over your debit cards. Now, if you have retailers. a standard bank debit card, like a MasterCard or Visa, you go into a store and you can use credit or debit. I always use credit because you're then getting the protection by Visa or MasterCard. And that's yes. why I always do it that way. Because this way, you're not giving your PIN number out. 
it's treated financially to a financial institution that you're dealing with to a store as a credit card transaction. And that gives you a little more power over disputes. It does. It does. It also keeps people from uh, shoulder surfing and seeing your PIN number. It's very easy to do that. The only time I use the PIN number on the debit card is when I want cash back. Okay, that's the only time. Otherwise, I don't. Please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that Dr. Timothy Summers does. Well, you can find more about my uh, my work at uh, howhackersthink.com. Uh, and uh, you can also follow my research at the iSchool at the University of Maryland College Park. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Check out our premium service, Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio, so you hear Dr. Timothy Summers in pristine form with the best audio his headset captures. And you hear me, I never change. You get that for a low monthly annual and now a lifetime subscription. And the show is free of ads. Tech Night Owl Plus, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And we have the Tech Night Owl Minute coming very shortly. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. All sorts of really strange stuff. We're featuring Don Ecker of the Dark Matters radio show this weekend at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Dr. Timothy Summers. Thank you, sir, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.